Welcome to the first ever That American Football Podcast. Now, you Welcome. are joined by myself, by Husey, and, and our newest member of the Hello. team, uh, you know, the number three to our front row. Uh, I don't know what, what position you're in. The American hooker football between football two here. props. The hooker That's, between two that props. Is, that is, yeah, a lot of say, you know, the rows between two fawns, but the hooker between two props. Uh, yeah. Connor. Husey's little brother. So welcome, welcome to the sports booth. Welcome to the channel. Uh, Thanks for having me. Really excited. Obviously disgusting <laughs> that you're wearing a Chiefs jersey and a Chiefs supporter. But yeah, baby, give us a give us a quick rundown. You know why you support the Chiefs? Why you jumped on the bandwagon because Mahomes is oh, great? You know, all of that stuff. <laughs> well, as you can see from my jersey, it's actually a Jamal Charles jersey. It's my first ever jersey. There you go, Jamal Charles, right there. Um, Funnily enough, I started supporting the Chiefs because Alex was playing, or Husey was playing Madden, and I kept on losing and losing and losing when he was playing as the Steelers in Madden 12, when they'd just been to the Super Bowl, and I was like, this team seems pretty good, and the Chiefs, um, with Jamal Charles, put up the best fight, so I was like, that's my team, not realizing they were absolutely (laughs) terrible at the time. Yeah. Uh, we had like Matt Castle, Tyler Palco, <laughs> um, but like people like that. He's Brady, been Brady, dog days, Brady Quinn, Brady mm. Quinn was a quarterback, and then we had like all the, my first ever game I watched was when Eric Berry tore his ACL, and I was like, well, this is just how the Chiefs go. But yeah, no. So I've been supporting the Chiefs now for about ten years, and uh, regretted the Mahomes pick at first. I was not happy, but uh, I've been very much proved wrong now. So yeah, no, been a Chiefs fan for ten years, and thanks to Madden. He got through the the one in fifteen season. Like <laughs> he he's not some. Uh, I will I will give him the credit. He's not some bandwagon fan. Not a Mahomes convert. He was he was there during the worst days of the Chiefs fandom in recent memory. So. Yeah, he's very he's, happy. He's supporter. a legit supporter. He's a legit. legit he's been through the tough days. Come out on the other yeah. side now, and it's all looking a bit better. Uh, we'll touch base, obviously, on some some massive move the the Chiefs have made. But we've got QZ, who is obviously wearing the colours of his team, the pride. The man will not Mitch stop Berg, talking about baby. them if you give an opportunity. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan one hundred and one yep. uh, right here. QZ, give us a bit of background why you jumped on that bandwagon. Right, so uh, as Connor said, we got Madden, we played Madden a bit. I didn't really have a team from Madden. I actually gave up on Madden um, a little bit. But then uh, we got, this is this will throw some of you back. Back in the day, we got Foxtel IQ, which for those that don't know, was the first Foxtel that actually let you record so you could watch things on demand, which nowadays with our streaming services seems fucking wild. But <laughs> yeah, we got Foxtel IQ and I saw that I could record an American football game. And so I was like, oh, well, I could actually see what this game is all about. So I recorded a game and then I watched the game and I said, okay, whoever wins this game, they're going to be my team, which is how I picked my support for the Dragons, by the way. This is how I picked my sports teams. Um, and I'm so lucky because that game was Pittsburgh versus Cleveland. <laughs> Thank God the Steelers won, let me tell you. Um, and it was actually a really good game because it was ironic. Ben's getting back from suspension in 2010. And in that season, they went to the Super Bowl. Troy Polamalu won Defensive Player of the Year. So I was like, wow, I picked a really good team. Um, and yeah, been a fan ever since. Like, just... I was just a random, completely random, like no decision making about it. Just whoever wins this game, I will support. Um, and yeah, it was, yeah, a very good game for the Steelers to win. Very good game for the Steelers to win. You could have been in a lot of pain as we came and talked today, but uh, luckily you're not wearing a bright orange jersey and you're in the black and yellow yeah. of Pittsburgh. 
Um, Thank the football god. <laughs> I am currently wearing a Chargers jersey, although I don't support the Chargers. <laughs> uh, I don't currently have a current jersey of my team, which is the Atlanta Falcons. Now, why I selected the Atlanta Falcons, it's actually on a similar berth to why... Con selected the Chiefs, but I go back a few more years. I'm showing my age a little bit more. 2004, Madden. Michael there was Vick. a player named Michael Vick who was an absolute <laughs> yeah. freak. Was the Lamar Jackson of that time, the first ever running quarterback. Uh, obviously, got into some trouble, but uh, I, I went went with the Atlanta Falcons. Went through the the good and the bad days. Was actually in America for the 28 free. Drumming that stuck in my mind and will never leave me. That's uh, stuck to my soul. Yeah, it hurts. Um, so yeah, I am an Atlanta Falcons fan. I have a, a Pitts jersey. I think on the way. That's that's the step I needed to decide if I was going to go out of my way and buy a Matty Ice one. Finally, after ten years of showing me he was good enough, um, and I decided not to last year. And I know I'm kind of glad I made that decision because it would have been a one year jersey. Um, and so I think I, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that Pitts is going to be around longer. But however, I was I was I was in a, me, and, me and Con have, have similar things. I was I wasn't ha- quite ecstatic with the Pitts pick at four, and that's probably why I didn't jump to get him at the jersey because I don't think you should be selecting tight ends at that position. Um, but I think he's he's made a uh, a good rookie season, and I'm hoping he can improve uh, with a bit more stability in his receiving corp and and, and situation like that. So that's that's who we support uh obviously uh we're gonna probably highlight those teams more as we go out through the year because they are our favorite teams but uh funnily enough i don't think any of us have actually picked those teams for best records uh we haven't even picked them for 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 worst records which is good as well um if you're in my position when the falcons are we could say rebuilding so i'll take that but we're going to do today is a bit of our predictions for the season what we kind of see panning out start with kind of the real life stuff and then touch a bit about on uh, fantasy football our our guru in that uh, area is con uh we are all in the same fantasy football league uh the the other two have the first and second pick in our league so we may show you how our teams fall out in the uh uh, on our Instagram and social pages, just to see who we think uh, ends up with the best team. Uh, but let's start with our first prediction, which is best record. Now, I'm going to start with uh, with my uh, pick, and my pick, uh, uh, as as I've put in our run sheet, and it hurts to hurts to say this, a division rival. I think the Buccaneers are going to have the best record. Now, I'm not saying this because Tom Brady's apparently the number one player heading into 2022, which uh, I disagree with. But it's uh, because I look at their schedule and I go. God damn, I'd, I, I, I would like that schedule. Uh, you get to play the Falcons twice. I've already stated this. I don't know if it'll be a very good team. You play the Panthers twice, who, uh, you know, Baker Mayfield's in the quarterback position. You play the Saints twice, where, you know, the Saints, are, I think, are going to be a better team um, than last year. But you still got Jameis Winston coming from an injury. I'm not. I'm not entirely sold on him. Again, Mister Consistently Inconsistent with you know 30 touchdowns, 30 picks. We don't know what we'll get, see from him. Um, from there, I just don't see a lot of tough games on their schedule. I think if they can get onto a hot run early, I know they took a while to get into it last year. Uh, but I just, I just see this team finishing at about 14-3, uh, even 15-2 type situation. Looking at their record, I think they'll they'll drop a ga- couple of games. I just think there's there is so much competition out there uh, that it's it's it, it will be tough. But I, I think that their 
they're my leaders. It's a safe pick. It's it's, it's not out of the box. Um, but yeah, I just think in that division they've got, I think they've got some easy wins there that they'll chalk over. I did, uh, there was a team I was really looking into, and I know one of you have picked them. I was looking into this team, but I'll let Connor take over because this is the team I thought was the other team I kind of had up there, but decided to go in this direction. Yeah, I picked the Buffalo Bills for my um, topic. Even though as a Chiefs fan, I hate picking the Bills because of just how good Josh Allen is. And that's why I picked them. Josh Allen, uh, we'll touch on it a little bit later as well. But just with how Josh Allen's progressed the last two years, it's just, you know, it's leaps and bounds from where the quarterback, where he was, where he started. And you like, look at their schedule. They start off with the Rams, which I think will shock a lot of people. They added Von Miller in the offseason. They drafted um, more secondary help um, in the first round. Um, and you look at their offensive line as well. Um, it's just so solid up front. And Josh Allen, you know, he's also, I hate to say it, but he's also like, you got to make sure you count from every single play. He's like an extra running back. He can just truck through your defense. He can make the, like, the throws on the run. There was, I think it was a play actually, I can't remember who it was against, but I, th- I think it was against the Rams last year as well, where he was like running about five, 20 yards down, like backwards being ta- uh, sacked by Aaron Donald and he just launched it in the back of the end zone. Um, and he just got a touchdown. It was just incredible. But yeah, you look at their schedule, their division's like fairly easy. You've got the Jets, who I think are going to be like atrocious this year with no Zach Wilson. Then you've got the Patriots, who I don't know how they're going to go this year. And then the Dolphins, maybe, who have got a really stout defense and a progressing offense. I think they might put them up to a bit of a challenge. But you look at the rest of their schedule. They've got the Browns. Um, they've got the Lions, they've got the Vikings, who I don't sort of trust as well. As much as I hate to say it, the Steelers, we don't know where they're going to be. So I have them sort of sitting it around. It's going to be quite competitive this year, just with how the league's shaped up with the off-season moves. You've got, uh, I reckon I have them at sort of about 13 and 4. Um, I see them dropping a game potentially to the Chiefs, uh, one to the Dolphins, and then maybe one on the back end to the Bengals, um, who they've gotten, I think, in the second last week. Um, but yeah, just that how that roster's shaping out, like, I just don't know how you can pick against them. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm just going to touch on this quickly because I know Husey was a a I don't want to I don't even know how to put it, but a big uh, detriment to them is their running game. Now they drafted a running back in the draft. I don't, was it second round, third round, and James Cook, um, Dalvin yeah. Cook's brother. So, I mean, they've obviously addressed that. Singletary will get better. Um, but yeah, that, I think that's where they win or lose when when their running game gets going. Uh, they win games, and Husey's touched on that, and I'm sure if they're losing games, Husey will be continually touching on that uh, as a Bills issue uh, because, yeah, that is that is kind of the one thing stopping me from selecting this team is unsure about how, how much help they're going to get uh, in that backfield, how certain their backfield's going to perform. Husey, your pick, my friend. Yeah, I do like the Buffalo Bills one, um, and James Cook, end of the second round uh, was where oh, he was, where yeah, he was for his pick. Yeah, second round. But, I mean, basically a third round pick yep. by that point. Yep. Uh, and I think Buffalo, I, I think the only reason it stops me with Buffalo is just how competitive the AFC is. Like, not the AFC East necessarily, but the AFC as a whole. Uh, and I look I look across at the current Super Bowl champions, the LA Rams, and I sort of look and think, who did they, who have they lost from that team? Von Miller, yeah, but an aged Von Miller. But they've still got their core of Stafford. They've got Cooper Cup. Uh, they've got uh, Aaron Donald, of course. Like, and then I look at the rest of the NFC West, right? 
Uh, DeAndre Hopkins is missing a bunch of time this year for the Cardinals, and we saw how they really fell apart without him down the stretch last year, right? The 49ers have got a new starting quarterback in Trey Lance, who I'm not 100% sold on. And Seattle's lost Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner, and there's Geno Smith as their starting quarterback. So I think the NFC West that went from last year, arguably the most tough division along with the AFC West, and it's dropped down a whole lot in quality for me. Then I look at the other uh, uh, NFC division they're playing, which is the NFC South. Right? So you've got the Panthers there, who I don't think are anything special this year. You've got the Falcons, who are, as you said, quite rightly said, in a rebuilding. You've got the Saints, who've got a quarterback coming off an ACL tear with some new weapons that he's not in sync with. He hasn't played with Michael Thomas before, who's just coming back. Alvin Kamara, we haven't heard anything about him since he got arrested at the Pro Bowl, like literally at the Pro Bowl. So I don't know. What, and it's a new head coach as well with the New Orleans Saints as well. And then I think the, their biggest competition will be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but they beat them in, in, in the playoffs. In terms of AFC, they are up against the AFC West. And this is where I think the Rams' biggest uh, competition will come. Now, I am so excited to see the Rams versus the Chiefs because I'm not sure if you guys remember a few years ago when they played uh, in that epic Thursday night game. I, th- I think it was, was it in Mexico or was it supposed to be in Mexico, but then it got moved. Yeah. And Jared yeah. Goff and Pat Mahomes put up like 500 yards a piece. <laughs> piece. It's like 55 to 51 scoreline kind of thing. Uh, but I think those games will be entertaining. But I still think the Rams... Uh, on paper, at least looking at them, are better than all of those teams, right? Well, yeah, I was going to say, yeah, adding on to that, they have added people like Alan Robinson, Bobby Wagner to their, like, to, as core exactly. pieces, like things that they were missing last year, like taking the pressure off Cooper Cup now with Alan Robinson there, and then Bobby Wagner, like a leader in the middle of the defense. I think they had uh, their safety, um, I can't remember who it was, calling the plays last year. They never really had that Mike linebacker to sort of, like, take over. And with Bob, having Bobby yeah. Wagner there with all those years in Seattle, like... Yeah, and and uh, Cam Akers has got more time now recovering from that torn Achilles. Like he came back at the end of last year, but definitely you could see wasn't the same. Now he's got a full off season behind him, um, so they've got a running game again as well. So for me, the Rams purely because uh, I think the the AFC. Like, I think their biggest game this year will be week one against Buffalo. I think the first game of the season is going to be their biggest challenge of the year. Um, And though I don't believe I've picked that as my uh, Super Bowl, um, I think that'll be, uh, that could very well be a Super Bowl preview. Um, It wouldn't surprise me uh, if that was the Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah, I I, um, I agree with all the points you've put forward. I think it's a, the Rams will be up there. I think all three teams we've selected will be up there. But I, yeah, I'm interested in to see how Stafford goes. Will he regress? Uh, I don't think he's built with the same, you know, situation as Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. But uh, I will be happily proven wrong, like one of the nicest guys in football, obviously. So, again, yeah. I don't think they'll be too far away. I don't think any of those teams will be too far away. Um, so it'll be interesting as the season goes on. Alrighty, on to the worst record. So we're going to predict who we think will have the re- worst record in the NFL. I am going to start off. Uh, I have picked the New York Jets. Uh, now, obviously, quarterback mm. is mostly the reason I've selected this. I think they will struggle in that. Um, position I do like I love I love the coach I love what they've added the pieces they've added in the offseason I just think I look at their division and and uh, Con you touched base on it we don't know where the Pats are at but they're going to be good enough and I think they're good enough to beat the Jets twice we don't know where Miami's at but I think they're good enough to beat 
the Jets twice, and we know where Buffalo's at, where I think they're good enough to beat the Jets twice. So that's already six losses on their record. I uh, had a quick look at their the rest of their schedule, and I just don't like it. It's not pretty. Um, and I think, yeah, the, the quarterback questions is just too much for me. Um, and I don't think their defence is good enough yet. I still think uh, they have a right and they will win some games. I think we're going to struggle to see a team, uh, a two to three win team kind of year this year. I think it'll be a four or five team and there'll be about five or six teams on that. Um, and I just think the Jets are the most likely to be a three win team this year. So that's that's my worst record and it's purely down to quarterback play. I really like Brees Hall. I think that was probably one of their better selections they've made. I just, I see a lot of good coming from the Jets in about two or three years time. But right now, I think they lose. I think they lose well. I think they get a quarterback for their yeah, future just like, just and, and fuck off the milk Cougar hunter. Yeah, the Cougar hunter. Yeah, he went to college. He's, he's yeah, the Cougar hunter. He went to university. They drafted Brees Hall. They drafted Source Gardner. And then I can't remember for the life of me who was the... Oh, the Garrett Wilson as well, and then they, they, um, and then Jermaine Johnson in the back of the first the as well, Wilson. didn't they? The linebacker. So, but yeah. Back, yeah, 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 exactly. Just, they they had a just, they had a fantastic just, draft. Just don't get me wrong; they will year, be like, good, they, I think, eventually. I just don't like think this is the year for them. Once, once everything was cooking, like you saw with like Elijah Moore as well. But yeah, just you know, Joe Flacco at quarterback. Like, who knows what you're going to get? He's the elite dragons way past his prime. Yep. Yeah, uh, I think you know, Zach Wilson will be coming back at some point, but it's like how many, and, and this this it's probably good if, if I sort of jump in here because it's like how many games will they lose while he's he's out? Uh, I think he's got talent, and you know, year two is often better than year yep. one, but I, I don't know if they win a game while he's out. Um, and speaking of that, my team with the worst record uh, will be Cleveland because they're missing. Their quarterback for the first eleven games. You've got Jacoby Brissett starting there. Like Jacoby Brissett is a proven backup in this league, but he's not a proven starter, right? And so for eleven games, Cleveland is. And even if when Deshaun comes back in, right? I think that offense is seriously undermanned outside of the running back position. Really, like. Yeah, Deshaun comes back, but who's Deshaun throwing to? We've seen Deshaun in Houston when he's had DeAndre Hopkins, and they've still struggled and had bad years because there's not a whole lot of other talent around them. So I think uh, I think Cleveland, for my mind, is going to have the worst record. I, I think all teams are going to be extra motivated to play Cleveland this year, right? As well for all the off-field stuff, everyone's going to enjoy. Every defense is going to enjoy being the defense that sacks Deshaun Watson. I think a lot of teams wish that Deshaun was back on the field sooner so they could sack him more and hit him more. Uh, I, I really think that teams are coming with an edge to play Cleveland this year. And I think Cleveland have um, given up a lot of draft capital and a lot of actual capital, like money, to get Deshaun in there. And I don't know about all the pieces around him. I think their defense will be decent, but I don't think it'll be enough to carry them uh, in the in these games. I mean, uh, the Steelers had an elite defense in 2020. They had probably the best defense in the league. But you saw what happened when they didn't have a quarterback. Yes, they didn't have a losing season, but they still went 8-8. Eight and eight. And that was with an, an exceptional defense. I don't think the Browns' defense is that exceptional. I mean, yeah. And I, I again, I'm... I'm I'm hesitant to disagree with you because you, you the points are all correct there. 
I think your your prediction here will be decided in the first four weeks, and that's purely because yeah. I looked at this and I remember being like, they've got the Panthers at home, which you know is is a coin flip for both teams. You've got Baker fucking fired up now. Is that going to do good or bad for him? We'll have to wait and see. Then they go away to the Jets. Again, coin flip there, even with Jacoby Brissett against Joe Flacco, one of the all-time great quarterback matchups. You've got the Steelers away, which, yeah, I would, again, a quarterback situation where I feel like Trubisky's obviously better than Brissett, but we're, we're talking to, like, if Pittsburgh's one, Cleveland has an argument to make their defence two, when on its day, again, I think as consistency, you'd take the Steelers every time. Then they've got the Falcons at home. So let's say that they could theoretically go 4-0, and and I wouldn't be outrageously surprised, if you know what I mean. And it's not because they're a good team, it's because of the teams they're facing. Now, I think it's more realistic they go 3-1, and and I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't put them past going three and one, losing a game to the Steelers, beating the Panthers, the Jets, and the Falcons would not surprise me, even with Brissett. And so that was the only reason there. But they could also easily be zero and four. And I think if they're zero and four, Husey, you're right. You, you you bang on like they they struggle. I don't. They may not even win a fucking game if they are zero and four. Like you look at the rest of their schedule, and it's not until they play the Commanders in the second to last week where I go. What? There's a win there. Uh, now, well, obviously, when Deshaun's back, it's different. But we don't know how so, like, Deshaun's going to pull up again. So that's where I see the potential. That's where I can potentially see their first win. Like, you know, yeah. straight after the, the Falcons, <laughs> you got the Chargers into the Patriots, then um, back, uh, then to the Ravens, the Bengals, then the Dolphins, maybe, depending on where they're at the season, then, like, the Bills, Bucks, and then it's just absolute mayhem for them. Like, probably that one of the hardest schedules um, in, the, in the entire league. Yep. Yeah, so I can see where you're coming from. Those first four rounds, I think, will make or break your prediction because if they go three and one, I think they probably pick up a few more wins throughout the season. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see where you're I've, coming from. I've gone uh, a bit Con, of a different direction. Take us away on your worst, predict- like uh, worst record. I've gone with Seattle um, just purely because you, they've lost Russell Wilson. They've lost Bobby Wagner. Two of their staples for the last decade mm. are, are gone. Like I touched on it before, Bobby Wagner going to the Rams. But yeah, the Seattle, Geno Smith and Drew Locke. Drew Locke threw, what, three picks in their last preseason game and was absolutely dreadful. And then we know what Geno Smith is. We know what you're going to get from him. <laughs> he's a sort of a game manager. He played a little bit last year when Russ was out. Like, he, he's not going to wow. He's not going to excite you at all. Um, and their offensive line, it's like Swiss cheese. Like, you know, a high school football player could get through that offensive line. It's it's pretty miserable. And then that de- in the defense as well, you've got probably maybe two or three good players in Jamal Adams, Quandre Diggs, and Jordan Brooks. But where's the re- what's the rest? Where's the pa- rest of the pass rush? Where's who, you, who have you got at cornerback? Um, and then you look at their schedule as well. Like you start off at the Broncos, Russ's return, and that's going to really set the tone for the season. If they don't put up a fight there, it's just going to be abysmal. Um, then like into 49ers and the Falcons, I can see them, you know, potentially getting a win. But just over, just overall, like their running game, Rashad Penny and Kenny Walker, like you know, pretty decent running game. But if you've got no offensive line to actually at least open a hole, you're you're in dire straits, in very very much dire straits. And then um, we saw it last year, it's just tough. like their interior defensive yep. line. You know, you got Al Woods, um, you know, decent defensive tackle, but you know, not going to wow you. But then you, people just running it straight up Seattle's throat, and it was just. And I think they've taken a massive step back this year with who they've lost. And they're very much in that rebuilding phase like with the Falcons. Um, so I can probably only see them winning two or three games this year just because they have holes everywhere. Um, yep. I don't know if this is Pete Carroll's last year and John Schneider's last year just because 
the way that they draft and the way that they attack free agency as well, it's very like very, very hit and miss. They're drafting, you know, in the last decade. They get the one really two good hits with Russ and um, Bobby Wagner and a few others um, like Jordan Brooks. But yeah, their draft logic is just, you know, pretty shocking. And again, this year, I just don't know how well they're going to do just in terms of, you know, all the holes throughout the entire roster. Um, they probably win maybe four, maybe win four games, probably like the Falcons, the Giants. Definitely. Actually, maybe even just in the Jets, those three. That's really all I see them winning just with the quarterback play. And I can imagine them just swapping quarterbacks constantly during the season. So it's just going to be an absolute uh, dogfight in Seattle. Yeah, yeah, the only counter-argument there is Pete Carroll, I think, uh, is the, the, his coaching ability. I think this may be his, like you said, his last in Swan Song year. And if anyone can kind of somehow put the yeah. Seattle team to six, seven wins uh, with the talent they have, like they've never had a good offensive line since he's been there. Like, again, he, he yeah. loves to not have a good offensive line. I don't know why. I agree with you. I think the same thing. They make some interesting picks in off-season. So, again, there's... Uh, very good points. I think, yeah. Uh, yeah, he his ability may or may not make the season for them. Um, but I think, yeah, it, it may. We see yeah. a five like win they did have team. Some offensive I think help, he, like offensive he goes. Yeah, that's my time done team. Charles Cross in the first round, but I think yeah. Charles Cross is very raw at the moment. I don't know. He has the most upside, but I think he's very raw, and it's just you know. Yep. Yeah, like they're always going to be. I think they're going to be competitive just because of the grit and like you know the Seattle way. Um, but yeah, it's going to be very very dire for them this entire year. Hundred uh, percent. Shall we yeah. move on to Side the most this. surprising uh, record? We think yes. uh, I will let someone else start because I've started. Let's go with sure. Husey. Uh, hit yep. me because I love I love the pick I mean, you made. So hit me with it. Yeah. That. Look, I. I Connor and I have both been watching Hard Knocks this year. For anyone that hasn't been, highly recommend it because it's a really great insight into the Lions. And this year, more than any of this, I think it's a really good insight into the off-season program of a team. Um, I, I didn't mind the one last year with the Dallas Cowboys, but I think this year, I think purely because of Dan Campbell and his coaching staff, has been really uh, incredible and amazing to watch. But I think the Lions are going to surprise a lot of people this year. I think they're maybe a dark horse for a wild card uh, spot in the NFC. Right, Jared Goff, I think, is going to really show up this year with all the offensive weapons he's got around him. Um, they've made some solid strides on defense uh, as well, especially with that Aiden Hutchinson pick and things like that as well. So I think the Lions, for my mind, are probably going to surprise most people. I think people will expect them to be middle of the road this year. I think they'll be slightly better than middle of the road. Because last year, remember as well, they had some games. Like, their record last year was not reflective of that team. Like, they came this close in so many <laughs> games to winning them, right? And in fact, they drew against my my Steelers, right, in that game uh, that we, we should have won, but Mason Rudolph was in at quarterback, put in the night before because of COVID <laughs> and stuff like that. So I, I, that's not a knock against Mason. That's just a really shit situation to be put in as a quarterback where you go, you're a backup and then less than 24 hours out of the game, you're the starter now. Uh, but, yeah, I think they they were probably better last year than what their record indicated. Like, you think about that week one game against the 49ers, right? That insane comeback they had at the end. There were so many games that were, like, this close to winning and just fell apart in the fourth quarter. And I think this year, an extra year under Dan Campbell, uh, some, some other changes around the place, some different roster moves, and just more instilling of that culture into the Lions. Um, and I think we've already seen it this preseason with 
the toughness that they've displayed in in those three preseason games, I think that uh, the the Lions will be a, a team to watch this year. I don't think they'll win their division. I think that'll still be Green Bay, um, but I think they'll be they'll be good enough to be competing for a playoff spot, if not grabbing one. Yeah, and uh, again, I, I I would say that I still consider them below the middle of the pack. So even a middle of the pack would be a surprising like again, you don't think of the Lions and you go, Oh, that team's gonna even make get close to the playoffs. I go, the Lions, they're gonna fight, they're gonna push hard in games, but I don't see them winning more than five or six. So a, a surprise again, a good pick for a surprising because if they get mm. eight, nine, ten, I'm like, fuck that wasn't what I was this, expecting. This one from, I'm actually uh, really excited them. about. It's uh, Con, uh, hit, us, hit us with your surprising pick. I've sort of hyped them up this off season and you know have sort of said, you know, they're gonna take that next step, but I think they're going to surprise a lot of people this year. You know, new head coach in Mike McDaniel, I believe that's his name, um, the uh, offensive coordinator from the 49ers. And I think that's the missing piece from what Tua's needed. Yeah. He needs that, like, you know, Brian Flores, I think it was a fantastic coach. That defense was insane the last two years underneath him, which was, and I think they were very underrated. Um, you know, I had them on fantasy and they were putting up, you know, tons and tons of points um, each week. Um, but yeah, I think Tua, you know, you add Tyree Kill, which I was very, very sad about. Uh, my Chiefs losing Tyreek Hill. Um, but, you know, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddle, Mike Kosicki <laughs> was really good last year. That offensive line, you know, they, I think a move that flew under the radar for a lot of people was Teron Armstead and Connor Williams both shoring up that left side of the line, which is, you know, t- not to his blind side, but that's like his open side, so mm. like protecting from that side because he's a lefty. And I think that's really, you know, Miami will surprise a lot of people this year just because they've always had a really good competitive defense. You know, Xavier Howard, Byron Jones, and actually one of my breakout players this year, um, it's going to be Javon Holland, who's um, the safety for Miami. Had a very solid rookie year last year, and he's going to take a lot of strides. But just like if you look at their record as well, we talked about it already with the AFC East. You don't really know where the Patriots stand. You know, it's Bill Belichick. They're going to be quite competitive. Mac Jones is going to be really good, but still, like, you know, a lot of questions up in the air there. Um, the Bills are going to be tough, but I can see the I can see Miami eking out a win against Buffalo at least once, um, just because Miami's always competitive in the division. I think. Go, even back to the Tom Brady era, Miami would always beat Tom Brady like once a year. Like even if they were terrible, they just always, yeah, they always found a way. They always found a way. And I think you know if Mike McDaniel can <laughs> institute a very similar offense to the forty that the Forty Nine ers did, you know, using Jalen Waddle sort of as a running back, Tyreek Kill as a running back, like the Chiefs did back in his first two years, you're gonna get a lot of explosiveness out of that um, out of that offense. And then they can take the top off as well. Um, you know, both Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Kill. Um, two of the fastest players in the league, if not the two fastest wide receivers in the league. And then you've got a safety blanket and Mike Kosicki, who's been showing he can make those tough catches as well. And we saw it all last year. And I think another point to touch on as well is that they're um, like two has been progressively getting better and better. Um, he led the league in completion percentage last year, which, you know, even though he was throwing those five yards out, he's getting more confident with his playing ability. He's taking those shots. And when he did take those shots, they connected. So I think now that he's got confidence with someone like Tyreek Hill there, it's really going to push them over the edge. Um, and yeah, I can see them winning potentially 11, 12 games this year just because of how stacked that offense is and how stout that defense is as well. Hundred percent. I mean, yeah. Uh, sometimes with Tyreek, all you need is a five-yard completion. Sort of against Buffalo last year in that playoff game, that as last, you would know best. The last con, thirteen so. seconds, the, <laughs> like most heart-wrenching. Exactly. I like furiously typing. Oh my god, we've lost the game. Thirteen seconds to go, <laughs> and it was just yeah, like Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. It was just insanity. Um, yeah, takes a five-yard screen and can take it to the house. Like they're so. Miami is very, very lucky. 
Exactly. They are. Um, my pick is actually my Falcons. Now, I've done this in a, in a similar light of, of Husey with the Lions. I think you predict the Falcons not to win many games, obviously. Matt Ryan off to the Colts. Uh, why I think they actually will is the same reason they did last year because they weren't predicted to win many games last year and they somehow did. I think uh, they'll be playing some meaningful football. They're not in a good division. They will pick up wins. Um, I don't think they, they're a playoff team, don't get me wrong, but I think they'll. people are, uh, are predicting them to be you know, three, four-game winners. I think they'll end up with seven, eight, potentially nine. Um from their record, I think they'll do exactly the same as last year, be really the competitive games and lose games by like 30 points because they're also still not that great of a team. I think after a year of Arthur Smith, another year, he's brought in a lot of Tennessee players that he already knows really well. We've got Mariota, Rashad Evans, uh, players like that that I think will... We'll get better. Drake London being drafted. Uh, I just, yeah, I, I see, I see, I see improvements. I see this team surprising people. I see Mariota surprising people. I think people are rating them too low. I think they'll each year and, and get some wins where they're not expected to get some wins. I still, yeah, as I said, don't think they will be a hit playoff team. Um, but hopefully, maybe they surprise me as well. Um, but yes, that are our surprising record teams: Miami, the Lions, Falcons. We'll see who gets that right. On to Super Bowl. Matchups, Con. I'll let you go first um, because yours are probably, probably. I think both a little bit out of left field. I would say, uh, and and Hughesy's got one. I would say out of left field. Um, as minor, I would say solid picks. The safest you could probably pick. I yeah, think probably I've, if I went to the TAB right now, Packers, you know, I would have the lowest um, odds. It's a it's a classic matchup. You know, Len Dawson recently passed away. Um, and it was actually against the Packers was the, that very first Super Bowl that they played in. Um, and I think if you look at both teams sort of this year, I know the Packers is a little bit of out of field, but I think, you know, with Aaron Rodgers has a little bit more motivation this offseason. He's, um, you know, doesn't have to sort of the trust in his wide receivers, I think, at the moment. But, you know, that's what it, it's sort of been like his entire career, apart from having like Randall Cobb, Jordy Nelson. He's always had sort of like chop and change wide receivers. Um, you know, Devonta Adams, he was pretty pretty bad his first couple years with drops and then um, as he progressed sort of into his third fourth year that's when he really took off and I think you know you got people um, you get people like um, Amari Rogers who, who's been there since last year who might build a lot of trust with him there he might be a really good player to pick up in fantasy um, you know and then you got Robert Tonya coming off an ACL who was always Aaron Rodgers security blanket and you know the Packers defense for the last two years I think have been has been just so good um, you know, you've got Devondre Campbell who's come off an all-pro season, just flown, like, you know, back like he was... Uh, he was a Falcons player from memory, and I really liked him on the Falcons. And um, he was a really good player. I would always pick him up in Madden. Um, he was yeah, a <laughs> really solid player. And then now he's come to Green Bay and he's just taken off. Um, and then the two-headed monster at running back, Aaron Jones and um, AJ Dillon, um, that backfield this year, I think, has the potential to be the best. And when the Packers play the best, it's when Aaron Rodgers can you know, have that play action roll out, you know, launch it downfield or making those dump off throws to Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, who can both make you miss or run you over. They both have that. Um, and yes, yeah, so the, and their offensive line is usual. David Bakhtiari is coming back, which Aaron Rodgers was missing last year. And all those young, other young offensive linemen are coming up. Uh, but then my Chiefs, however, I, I didn't predict them to have the best record, but we know Patrick Mahomes, when he gets to the playoffs, it's just like, it's another, it's another beast. Like, that so many times in his career so far in the playoffs, my heart has just hurt so much just because that Texans game when we were down by tw- at 
you know, by 28 points uh, before halftime. And then we were leading going into half was just one of the most insane like plays in the second quarter I've ever seen. Um, the defense this year, I think is very underrated. <laughs> um, Nick Bolton had a potentially defense to the rookie of the year last year, who I, you know, a bit, a bit of bias, but Nick Bolton had a really good year last year. Um, then we drafted George Carl after us, we signed Carlos Dunlap, Frank Clark. I've, I'm a certified Frank Clark hater. I'm not the biggest fan of Frank Clark, but hopefully with this less pressure off him on the edge, um, you know, with Carlos Dunlap and George Kalaftis, he can sort of go back to his uh, form two seasons ago. Then, of course, Chris Jones. But the biggest question is, like, our running game. Our running game has been very questionable um, the last few years uh, since we lost Kareem Hunt. Um, you know, I hope Clyde Edwards-Hilaire will take a big step this year. You know, Craig Humphrey at center and Trey Smith at the guard and then Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown. We've got a really solid offensive line. So hopefully opening up a few more holes for him. But yeah, the offense, we don't know what it's going to look like with Juju and Mikhail Hardman leading the way. But someone to take note of is Sky Moore. Like he's showed really, like really good promise in preseason. Same with Justin Watson. Some sleepers there. But um, I think this year with losing Tyree Kill, it's going to take a lot of pressure off Mahomes actually, just because he's not going to be forcing it down the field so much. It's going to make him go through his reads. You know, and he had a few unfortunate picks last year. But I think that all changed this year since losing. Tyreek Hill, and I think it's somewhat a blessing in disguise losing him. So I have have them pushing through, beating Buffalo um, again in the AFC Championship to progress to the Super Bowl against the Packers. Nice. I mean, yeah, I actually just looked up on Sportsbet, oh, wow. and actually Hughes is the the highest odds. Um, and I think it's because of his, his his big outsider. Yours is 29. I'm 16. Husey is 41. So, Husey, take us away with your $41 uh, odds for your Super Bowl matchup. Yeah. So, I think uh, I'll start on the NFC side. Uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I think, uh, I think though, the Rams will have the, the best record through the season. I think... Uh, this might, I mean, we say it, we've said it every year for the last like eight years, but this might be Tom Brady's last year. Wants to go out on a high, extra motivation, especially after losing to the Rams in the championship yeah. game, uh, not in the championship game, I see in the divisional round last year, right? Like, that's it's he didn't even make it to the championship game. Uh, less on field distractions with Antonio Brown not being on the team. Uh, Todd Bowles taking over as head coach, I think, will be will be big for them. I think maybe I think Bruce Arians is a great head coach, but maybe a little uh, past it kind of thing. Um, I think it's a, so I think the Bucks have got the tools necessary to, uh, to get to the, to get to the Super Bowl of the, of the NFC crowd this year. My AFC pick is a bit, is probably one, like you look at the AFC and not many people would probably pick them to be in a Super Bowl. Although I think a lot of people pick them to have success this year. And that is our division rivals in the best rivalry in all sports, uh, the Baltimore Ravens, right? Uh, now, I think the reason I think this is because this has to be the year for Lamar Jackson, right? This has to be the year he takes them to the Super Bowl. This is his contract year. After this, he everything is riding on this year for him at this stage because he hasn't got his contract yet, right? So he's essentially playing out this year with the Ravens and then it's it's all up in the air. Right, so he needs to be. He he's got all of the motivation in the world to want to take this team as far as they could go. Now, last year we know horrendously decimated by injuries. A lot of those players coming back. Super importantly, the players in their secondary and also their running backs. Right, the the key components of what makes 
Ravens teams, Ravens teams is a strong run game and a great defense, right? They've added some really good pieces uh, in defense on the defensive side of the ball as well. Um, now, Kyle Hamilton, I'm a little bit shaky, shaky on uh, personally as a safety, but uh, David Ojabo in the second round, I think will be a very good uh, pick for them. They've got a history, much like the Steelers, of turning um, players into really good pass rushing linebackers and things like that. Uh, and I think that, yeah, just this year, they're, they're, they're sort of flying under everyone's radar a little bit. And uh, I think that'll that'll serve them well. I think they're John Harbour and Lamar Jackson have been cooking up some stuff in the offseason. I think losing, similar to the Buccaneers, losing distractions in the form of Hollywood Brown, who's essentially done nothing but complain ever since he's been at the Ravens. Um, so losing him, I think, will be nothing but good for Baltimore, quite honestly. And yeah, they're my sort of uh, a bit left field pick to make the, the Super Bowl out of a very stacked AFC. But listen, if Lamar Jackson's going to do it for the Ravens, it has to be this year. I mean, yeah, uh, if the Bengals can, can make it, anyone can really make it out of the AFC from last year. Uh, it shows if you get hot at the right time, it really, really can yeah. help. Uh, I don't really need to touch too much of mine. Mine's the Bills versus the Bucks, uh, the most yeah. predicted one, um, purely because of everything we've already talked about. Husey explained the Bucks reason. Uh, we've already talked about how great we think the Bills are going to be. Um, I just I can't see Josh Allen being stopped. I can't see this Buck side being stopped. I think if anyone does do it, Tuesday's already mentioned it's probably the Rams. Um, I really yeah, that NFC. I think uh, we've got three teams there. It's the Bucks, the Rams, and then if Aaron Rodgers can do Aaron Rodgers type stuff, I don't see anyone else pushing. You've got the um, you know Cowboys and and the Giants, the Eagles, and the Commanders. If they somehow turn, you know that division can be the weirdest division in football, uh, as we yeah. all know. And so they, if someone only gets hot there, but we can all pretty safely not predict that any of those teams are going to make it and probably be right. Um, I actually don't. I'm going to move straight on because yeah, that's that's my pick. It's easy. Bang. Um, yeah. That's bread and butter right there. We don't. There's no spice added to that. I haven't added any mixture on that. Uh, it is bread and butter. Uh, MVP. I don't even have Straight to talk too person. much about. <laughs> yeah, I don't have to talk too much about as well because Husey did the did the, 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 the work for me. Uh, I've gone with Lamar Jackson. If there's That's any year, <laughs> if there's any year, it's going to be this year. If there is any year, it's going to be this year. That's all I have to say. Husey said it for me. He's my MVP. I yep. think uh, everything you said. The injury's coming back. It's all going to help him. He's going to be better than he was. I think contract, yeah, he's going to go out and prove, motherfuckers, I am the best football player in the world right now. Uh, I think he breaks all sort of rushing records. I think he breaks all sort of even passing, potential passing records with uh, touchdowns. Um, yeah, I know he lost Hollywood Brown, but like you said, maybe a, a blessing in disguise. So my MVP, LJ, Lamar Jackson. Uh, mm. on to, let's get Ponder out of the way because I actually really like Alex's pick, uh, Hughes's pick, and yeah. I want to hear a bit more <laughs> no, from I don't, that. So, I don't um, think I need to speak already spoken yours, so much I don't about think the you need to speak too much on this one uh, either. Is, I think he's <laughs> the lowest odds to sort of win the MVP. Just, just, just so stacked. Um, I'm really excited about Alex's one as well. But just, yeah, quickly, nice Josh Allen, mm-hmm. you know, as we sort of said, the, the schedule's favourable. Everything's favourable, pointing up towards him. You know, he's just, just improving every single year. It's 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 his year to win MVP and potentially the Super Bowl, and everything just points towards Josh Allen winning the MVP. Uh, 
Well, you say that, but I'm going to jump in on my pick here because a super important thing about MVP is that it is picked by the Associated Press. It's a media pick, right? And who have we since splashed all over the media this <laughs> offseason? None other than uh, Russell, husband of Ciara Wilson, right? <laughs> new team. Um, yeah, new team. You so you know, let, let's ride, whatever. Look, he's got some great weapons there in Denver. He's got a good defense there in Denver. They could they could win the AFC West for sure. I think, like the AFC West is has got three teams that everyone could see winning the division, and then the Raiders have got a chance at it still. I think they're just purely because of the competition around them are the lowest odds. But the media has been pasting Russell Wilson everywhere as, oh my God, he's gone to Denver. It's Russell Wilson kind of thing. Like, absolutely just everything. Now, Russell's never won an MVP. We know that award has sort of been bouncy between Rodgers and Brady the last few years and one from Mahomes as well. Uh, but... I think Russ has got a real chance this year to do it purely based off what the media's been doing. The media's sort of been building up. Last year, they wanted to crown him MVP last year because of he was carrying Seattle to wins. But then, of course, he had the injuries and things like that, and then Seattle started imploding, etc., and, uh, and they couldn't do it. But around week four last year, you started hearing talk of Russell Wilson MVP, <laughs> Russell Wilson MVP, uh, and, and the media can sort of drive... Uh, they can, they, I'm trying to think of, of an apt comparison here. It's very, uh, it's very godlike, in fact, because they decide they want something to be the case and then they just make it true, right? They just like, <laughs> we've decided this is what it is. This is the reality now. So I think that's what they're going to do for Russell Wilson this year. I think we're going to see highlights every week of Russell Wilson, even if they're, mon- you know, I, I wouldn't, I don't want to say mundane because what he does is extraordinary, but it's mundane in comparison to the rest of the, the league because everyone is, doing those kinds of things. But I think he's got the media presence behind him. He's, uh, he's a savvy enough business and media person to try to build his own case. So I really think it's going to be Russell Wilson this year because he's got, he's got the world at his fingertips right now. He's just signed a massive new contract. He's got all these shiny new toys in Denver. He's in a new spot. Uh, he's on social media every two minutes posting about himself <laughs> and his family and throwing a football and whatnot. So I think just based purely off his media presence, I mean, well, not purely off his media presence, that's unfair to him, but I, I, in comparison to the other candidates, right, I think his on-the-field football accomplishments will be at a high level towards the top end of the league maybe not necessarily the leader in everything. I think he'll be very up there in the top five, but I think his media presence will be what separates him from the other candidates. Yeah, you think he just needs to be good enough, good enough, and the Broncos uh, get a good enough record and the rest will, the the wave will take him to the glory. Um, So, I mean, yeah, interesting. I love love that perspective on it because it's not someone I would have picked. So it's coming coming up for 10 years. So if Russ... Gets them to beat the Chiefs yeah. twice. So that will just like skyrocket his MVP rankings because he's done things that you know no Denver quarterback's done since Peyton Manning. So it's just yeah, I think it's a, I think it's so, some something that I actually didn't someone I actually didn't consider. And I think you've made a very Company solid case. Russ, you know, beats the Chiefs, beats the Chargers. If he wins four out of the well, yeah, for at least four division games, I think that will yeah that will take him over the take him over the edge. <laughs> that's that's, that's, that's very true. 
shouldn't be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're not wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, let's move on to our rookies of the year. So uh, our offensive rookie and our defensive rookie. Um, I have... I've, I've, so it's a, there's a lot of interesting picks, I guess, uh, coming in here because we, there's there's no certified winner. Like, there's so many good wide receivers that got taken. We've got Drake London, Garrett Wilson. I think we talked about Chris Olav. Uh, I don't know how to say his name properly, but I think that's the one. Uh, there was about five or six wide receivers in that first round who are all in the right, you know, position, can make things happen. And that's not even to start talking about quarterbacks or running backs. Um and I've gone with uh, Jahan Dotson from the Commanders uh, to win my Rookie of the Year on the offensive side. Uh, now, I only purely say that because I don't think the the division he's in, I think it, it allows him to have a good season. Um, I think they'll be behind the Commanders, so they'll be throwing the ball more. Uh, they've shown with Antonio Gibson that their running game's not great. So I think they'll be putting... Um, a lot of ball in the air, and I think he gets his opportunity to put up some decent numbers. Again, I don't know if he's the best wide receiver from that group, but I think he will have a very good opportunity to make a name for himself. On the defensive side, I've gone with Hutchinson from the Lions. Again, that's the safest pick I could have gone with, really. Second pick, I think he hugely improves that Detroit defense, uh, and I think he will... Maybe a similar type thing to Russ. I think he's been like the media's little baby, you know. Again, um, this, you know, linebacker, you know, this breed of the, of the Boses, you know, the Watts. He's come through and kind of come from that. He's playing for the Lions, this adversity he's faced. Uh, I just think, you know, that will push him to, 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 to be, as long as he gets 10 plus sacks, they'll be like, yeah, that's our defensive player of the year, uh, defensive rookie of the year, pretty easily. Uh, let's will, go uh, I will say yeah. in, in, in favour of Aiden Hutchinson as well, and this might just be a little, this might just be uh, a little myth for me, but last year, Hard Knocks, the Cowboys, defensive rookie <laughs> of the year, Micah Parsons from the Cowboys. This year, Hard Knocks Lions, maybe defensive rookie of the year, Aiden Hutchinson. Who knows? Damn. I think you made a very solid case. With Jahan Dotson, I like your argument. The only th- issue I have is Carson Wentz is throwing him the ball. <laughs> That's my main issue with that. Uh, but less said about that, the better. My my picks. Now, my I'm going to talk about my defensive rookie of the year first, and then I'll go into my offensive rookies of the year pick kind of thing. Jordan Davis from the Philadelphia Eagles, same division as Jahan Dotson. I think he's in a really good position to succeed. What he's done this preseason has been amazing. He's tossing grown men around like nobody's business. Um, the fact that the Eagles were able to snap him up where they did, I think they were very, very happy about. And in a division that's going to be probably very run-heavy with the likes of Saquon Barkley and Ezekiel Elliott and whoever the commanders have in their backfield, um, but uh, he's going to have a good time stopping the run there. He'll flash there and also get into the quarterback. I think he's got a good uh, chance to get to some of those those quarterbacks. The fact that he does play in the NFC East where he'll play Daniel Jones, maybe, or Tyrod Taylor twice a year, and also Carson Wentz or uh, whoever else they've got behind him <laughs> uh, back there twice a year. Uh, and even Dak Prescott, now that the Cowboys have suffered some offensive line uh, issues, I think he's got good opportunities there to get some real pressure on the quarterback and shine. Um, you know, the only thing I sort of have against Hutchinson is he plays against 
Aaron Rodgers twice a year. Um, he also plays against, and this might surprise people, he plays against Kirk Cousins twice a year. And Kirk is very hard to sack. He's surprisingly hard to sack. And he had a surprisingly good year last year. Um, he's He's got a very quick release, and it's very hard to actually get a sack against Kirk Cousins. So I think that might detract from Aiden Hutchinson a little bit. Um, so that's why I've got Jordan Davis there. Now, for Offensive Rookie of the Year, I've got a little bit of a caveat in here. Um, they, and and I've sort of played in the odds here as well, because the two I believe... The two rookies with the highest odds to be offensive rookie of the year are both Steelers, and that's George Pickens and Kenny Pickett. Now, George Pickens is my pick if Kenny Pickett doesn't see the field for more than 50% of the games this year. I think if Kenny Pickett sees the field for more than 50% of the games this year, Kenny Pickett will win because of the bias towards quarterbacks as being offensive rookie of the year. That's just how the league is. That's why when you said at the top of the segment, you know, there's no set winner. Everyone knew last year the offensive rookie thing was going to be Trevor Lawrence, right? He's the first overall quarterback taken. It's the same with Joe Burrow in his rookie year. Everyone knew who was going to be offensive rookie of the year. The first quarterback taken, more often than not, is the offensive rookie of the year. So I think if Kenny Pickett, from what he's shown in the preseason, if he sees the field for more than 50% of the games, he's got a solid enough cast around him that he'll look good enough to win offensive rookie of the year. That being said, I, George Pickens is one of those supporting pieces. He is in an offense that has also got Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Pat Frymuth, and Najee Harris, right? So he's not going to be seeing number one or even number two guys. He's going to be facing off against number three guys, and that's going to give him an opportunity to really shine. I think Trubisky has shown during this uh, preseason he can he can get the ball and push it down the field. Pickens has got spectacular catch ability, and I think he's uh, he's very unlucky to have dropped to the he's very lucky for the Steelers, unlucky for him to have dropped to the second round based on the injury he suffered at the start of last year, which he came back from last year. Um, he's also a bully in the run game. Just every preseason game he's been in, he's flattened a cornerback. Like, he's flattened an NFL player. We saw him do it in college, and you think, okay, that's college. He's doing it at an NFL level as well. Might be a bit of home teamerism here, but it's also looking at the odds that I've seen uh, put up as well. Um, Pickens and Pickett, the P's. You've gone from the killer B's with... Have got good odds. I was going to say, you got mind of winning offensive rookie of the year. Yeah, the perilous yeah, piece. Yeah, that was going to say, isn't that what they're saying now? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Kill a beast to the perilous piece. There you go. Yeah. 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 Something like that. The perilous piece or the powerful piece. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, are, yeah, they are both, both playing Pickens, 10 bucks. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, they're both paying $10 for the win. So. It's, Speaking of, speaking of George's, uh, uh, so, yeah. George Pickens, picks, yeah. and then my mm-hmm. my pick for defense of the rookie year is another George. Um, it's George Carlaftis <laughs> from the Kansas City Chiefs, who was actually surprising that uh, he fell all the way to the Chiefs. I was very shocked he fell all the way down to the back end of that first round. Um, he's flashed so much in preseason. and his one downside in college was that he couldn't finish the play, couldn't get to finish that quarterback. He led the, the nation in pressures and quarterback hits. He's now done that in preseason, except added to his sack total. He's ne- he already got three sacks, three and a half sacks in the first, you know, three preseason games that he played in. He didn't really play in the third one, but in the first two games, he had three and a half sacks, uh, five quarterback hits and six quarterback pressures, which, you know, for, for two and a half games worth of stats is pretty, you know, that jumps out straight away at mm. you. And that was all against starters as well. Um, he's got tremendous upside, tremendous motor. I think his, you know, comparison coming out of the draft was another Purdue, um, linebacker defensive end was Ryan Kerrigan of the formerly Washington Redskins, um, who had a fantastic career. Um, 
And, you know, if he has that same start to the career that he had with Ryan Kerrigan, there's not like a massive standout apart from Aiden Hutchinson. And I think the position that George Karlaftis is in, you know, he's got Frank Clark, he's got Chris Jones. We've got a, the Chiefs to have a really young, solid uh, linebacker call with um, Nick Bolton and Willie Gay, who is so athletic at linebacker position. It's really going to help free up um, him to just wreck the game. And he could do it in the run as well. And I think that's a big, uh, big upside for him. Um, and I think... Yeah, just overall, he's got the he's got the best upside to win it. Obviously, Aiden Hutchinson's the safest, but I think George Kolaftis can really excel there. Um, and then onto my offensive rookie one, I think this will shock a lot of people, but I've done, looked a lot into this particular player, um, and it's one that yeah, I think will shock a lot of people. It's Damian Pierce of the Houston Texans. Um, very, I know that's people are gonna be like, oh my god, what the hell is this guy thinking? Does he even know what he's talking about? Um, they signed Marlon Mack in the offseason to be their running back one. Uh, Marlon Mack has been cut from the Houston Texans, um, and Damian Pierce has been anointed the running back running back one straight like straight away. He impressed in week one of camp, literally the day he arrived off the draft, and he was put into that uh, in the depth chart of uh, uh, running back one. You look at the Houston Texans. You look at their running backs in in the past. You've got people. Um, you got you know. Um, Arian Foster, you know, pretty nifty, smaller guy. And Damien Pierce fits that mold, that Houston Texans mold. Their offensive line, I think, is actually quite underrated for what they can do. You know, Davis Mills, people ragged in him last year just because of that neck meme and how long his neck was. But um, he actually had quietly had a very good rookie season. And I think him taking that next step this year will also help Damien Pierce. And those two will work really well together. Um, I think Damien Pierce, you know, he's got the speed, he's got the quickness. He can also catch the ball in the backfield as well. He's... He's that, you know, modern day running back. He's that three-dimensional running back. He can play all three downs. He can give you everything. Um, and then he can also just like burst one straight through the middle. Um, and I think just overall the Houston Texans as well were my other pick for a potential surprising record. I think they'll shock a lot of people this year. But Damian Pierce can um, definitely um, take the edge off. And he, he's got the, I think he's got the best situation at the moment for a starting running back because... My three my three picks were the three running backs that were sort of highly touted with Kenneth Walker, Brees Hall, and then Damien Pierce. Those three, I think Damien Pierce is in the best position to, you know, surpass a thousand yards, at least rushing, and then have about 200, 300 yards rushing, uh, catching as well. So yeah, Damien Pierce, my my offensive rookie of the year. Bit of a, bit of a shock pick, but I think one that he can definitely excel and, you know, surprise a lot of people. Yeah. It's it's not actually oh, wow. so, okay. so shocking um, because he's he's actually twelve dollar odds uh, tied with Chris Olave. So yeah. he, the 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 bookies have obviously picked up what you've picked up as well. Because to be fair, uh, you put I've only seen his name once outside of what you've just fucking rattled off there. And uh, yeah, I, I just saw he was named Texan starter, and I was like, well, that doesn't mean shit to me. But you've made some good points, and the bookies are obviously behind you. Um, as my offensive rookie is actually the lowest odds from the picks we had, but that's all right. Uh, this is why we make predictions, you know. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, my defensive yeah. one is is the uh, uh, $5.75 odds. So it then goes Jordan Davis at 17 and uh, George... I, uh, I, I don't. I don't trust him. He's too much. So, had like Jamar Chase. Uh, I'm not. I'm not too very far away. low after that. Off like awful preseason he had. Like you know he had 12 drops in you know the preseason last year. So I think yeah, like you look at you look at the yeah, like the overall and picture. And you got to look at the situation. Don't buy too much into preseason. But you know, I think you know someone like George Kalafters. I think Jordan Davis is a very solid pick as well.
100%. Let's move into what we think are going to be the biggest busts from the draft. That's a, I, that's actually a good point. I do have to make a correction of myself there. Yeah, Trevor Lawrence wasn't... That's why I'm here. That's why I'm Jamar, here. Jamar Chase. Chase, ah, uh, yes. About that. But through, through a yeah. lot of the start of the season, <laughs> right, Trevor Lawrence was... He would have been paying like $2. A hundred percent. He would have been... Pa- it never lost a, his, never his lost a game. His odds would have been like $3. Yeah, like absolute ridiculousness. So This guy's a winner, but then obviously it's Jacksonville. So... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. So to, that's, well, yeah, that's, that's that's a great point. That is a great point to move on to our bus because I've gone for the first pick by the uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, Travon yeah. Walker. Uh, I said it at the time. I didn't like it as a first overall pick. I think uh, I don't. And this is not against him. I don't think Walker's going to be a bad player. I just think the players, even George. As, and um, Hutchinson are going to have better seasons. I think Jermaine Johnson of the Jets will have a better season, and I think we'll see him finish about the seventh, eighth, ninth best uh, defensive player from that draft, mm. even even out of the top ten. Um, when we look at it now, saying that, I think he is in a in a very good position um, with Josh Allen <laughs> on one side. It makes it a lot easier. Obviously, Josh Allen of the Jacksonville Jaguars, not of the Buffalo yeah. Bills, makes it a lot easier uh, for him to do his job. Uh, but I still, I, yeah, I just, I just think it was to swing for the fences one, and if it doesn't quite land, they're going to look a bit silly. And, and knowing Jacksonville stuff doesn't always land uh, quite mm. well there. So uh, let's go, let's go, Cole, uh, let's go. Actually, Hughesy, and then we'll go Con because I've. Some arguments yeah. against Q, uh, cons, but <laughs> yeah. So um, I, I think that's a that's a good point to to, to emphasize. There is that not necessarily by bust. It's not necessarily what we're talking about here is not necessarily that um, they're not a first round pick, but maybe we're picked probably higher than where they they should have been or will struggle this year, kind of thing. Um, and that's what I've gone for here with Tyler Smith of the Dallas Cowboys. Now he wasn't supposed to be starting this year, but hamstring off the bone has. Uh, like I think yeah. torn his calf or his, yeah, yeah, something really bad. So Tyler Smith's going to be thrust into that role uh, in a division with some uh, some pass rushes and in a conference with some some pass rushes. Uh, and the the Cowboys' offensive line, which was once their strength, has sort of started to become one of their their weaknesses with the amount of players that they've just they've lost to retirement and free agency and injury and things like that so i think tyler smith's just going to be in a put into a situation where it's going to be very difficult for him to succeed yeah, and, I, and that's um, all i've got to it I really think that's, that's, a, just that's a good point to make is the situation like that they're tough. placing i think this same thing for trayvon walker it's the situation is in tyler smith and i think that's that's where i looked at my pick which was Derek stingley i think he's a fantastic player don't get me wrong i think just the situation he is in with the texans even though i think he's a great player he hasn't played and Derek Stingley hasn't played in a couple of years, I believe. Um, he has the most upside for the cornerback class um, between him and Sauce Gardner. I was shocked he went third overall, the highest pick for a cornerback. And I think that's when we talk about the bus, and I said, as, as my brother spoke yeah. about, it's the situation. And I think with Derek Stingley, drafted third overall pick, all that pressure to be, you know, the, the greatest cornerback of all time since Deion Sanders, who was drafted at fifth to the Falcons, if I remember that's correctly the number he was picked. Um, third overall pick for a cornerback that's never happened before the situation he hasn't played in, in a year or so he's got the athleticism and everything to prove me wrong but you're great you're thrust into the number one cornerback position in the nfl 
the cornerback is the hardest position to play in the NFL, and that's for a reason. And that's why people don't take a chance on cornerbacks this early is because they are boom or bust. You look at someone like Jeff Okuda on the Lions. He hasn't lived up to that high drafts pick spot of number four, I believe he was at. And so that's that's who I can actually compare him to is that um, is that Jeff Okuda sort of pick. You know, they were really highly touted in college. They missed some time. They transitioned to the NFL to that number one spot. And then it's just all, you know, it all unravels from there. And as soon as you lose your confidence in at the cornerback position, you see it happen all the time. Quarterbacks will just start targeting them. They'll start going over the top of them and it just sort of cycles out of control. I think he's got the most upside and I think he's going to be a very good player in the future. But for this year um, and maybe next year, I think he's going to struggle a little bit just because of all the media pressure that's going to be on him for being that number three overall pick, especially at the cornerback position. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to prove you wrong because it's three. not going to okay. happen often, it was, but Akuda so exactly, was uh, number three pick, my exactly friend, so he was, in, yeah, he was in the same position. But listen to me, all right? Now, Singletary, I am very high on him. I am so high on him. Now, what I'm going to think is he'll get off to a rough start, but I think he's a bit different, and I can get what you're saying. But I'm just going to have this clip so when he does come right and makes a week 18 18 interception to end their season 5 and 12, uh, I will be saying, look at this guy. He was a a superstar. Uh, No, I mean, yeah, I I don't think he's in the greatest of positions. I think it's a tough draft pick. Uh, Everyone was expecting Source to go above him. I just think there's enough talent there that, the more football he'll get, yeah, the no, better he'll get. So I'm, I'm predicting some. <laughs> you know, this, I, I agree. I think you know, it was and I'm like, hoping it's I'm a, just this looking angle. at the situation <laughs> and the, what the media will focus on is those early weeks, and then that will sort of, that's what the sort of they'll take out of it. I think this year will be very rough for him, but next year I 100% agree he's got the potential to be the best player in this draft class. But I think the, for the bus category for this year. Um, yeah, he's just gonna he's gonna struggle a little bit just being away from football. I think maybe similar to like Jamal Chase, like you know Jamal Chase was away from football for a year. I think Derek Stingley's in that same position. You know he's gonna be a bit raw at the start, but then I think yeah, you know he'll take off. Um, but yeah, just yeah, so maybe may, he, he, he very much he very much we'll he very much could. But um, yeah, yeah, is I, that what we're saying? Is that what, yeah yeah nice? <laughs> <laughs> How much? What, what what are his odds? I'm about to put a hundred bucks on him. <laughs> That's how much faith I have in him. Um, Husey, Husey's added this late to the old uh, <laughs> yeah. the rud sheet, so I'm going to let him run the segment because it's, fuck you. Well, yeah, it's an important <laughs> one to have, which is um, the boldest take uh, or biggest headline uh, of the year that we think. So uh, every year, you know, there's something crazy that happens uh, in the NFL that not many people would predict. For example, last year, the Cincinnati Bengals went to the Super Bowl. Right, that's that's crazy. Right, that happened. Uh, uh, there, there's all sorts of um, crazy things that happen during the Antonio Brown ripping his uh, jersey off during the middle of a football <laughs> game. Right, there's all sorts of craziness that happens uh, during a football season. I think it's important that we do put a prediction there, and I, I'm going to put my uh, bold take of the year out here, and that is that Desmond Ritter takes over as the starting quarterback from the Atlanta Falcons in Week 12. Now, Mark, a lot of people might think, well, is that that bold of a prediction? I think it is It is pretty bold because he's a rookie quarterback taken in the third round. Marcus Mariota is a starter that was the number two overall pick. He's reunited with his offensive coordinator, uh, 
So I think Mariota's in a position to succeed as well. I think people would be surprised to see Ritter take over. And we talk, I don't think that'll be on many people's bingo cards for the NFL season. So that's my bold so prediction. I've got a county there. there. You look at, you look at Arthur Smith and you look at what Marcus Mariota have done together. People forget yes. Marcus Mariota took the Titans to the playoffs twice. And well, not, what not many people know about the Titans, there's only two other teams that mm. have had consistently more winning records, which is the Steelers and the Chiefs. The Titans have had a winning record since Marcus Mariota was drafted. So I think a lot of people have sort of thrown him under the bus a little bit and, you know, called him a bust. But I think this year he will surprise a lot of people. I don't know if he'll be benched yeah. in quite week 12. I think if they're not going to make the playoffs, I think he'll be benched in the, like a little bit later. But I think people, a lot of people underrate Marcus Mariota in terms of what he does. Um, but I think this, like this year, yeah, Desmond Reader will t- probably take over next year if Marcus Mariota doesn't take those leaps and bounds. But this year alone, I think Marcus Mariota actually might surprise a lot of people. I mean, that's a fair argument and everything as well, but, um, you know, I, 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 I didn't sort of agree really with, with Luke about the, the Falcons having a, oh. that would surprise people with a better record than, than people think. So I, I think that they're in a, I think that they're in a, they're in a division with the Buccaneers. So that's two losses there. Uh, and I think that the, the Saints will probably, uh, get the wood over them in that in that rivalry. The Panthers are a big question mark for me. So I think the Falcons will probably get off to not the greatest of starts, and around that week 12 is when they'll probably look at it and say, well, we're probably not getting into the playoffs this year. Let's see what this kid can do, see what we've got in him. That's sort of my my thinking behind it. But I think the points you've raised, Connor, are why it is such a bold prediction, because Mariota is in that position to succeed. He's got everything there for him to put it together yeah. and, and make it right. I just, I don't, I don't believe in Marcus Mariota. That was, that was what I, all I was going to say was that does make it a bold prediction. Like you've just made his prediction bold by saying that Mariota is going to succeed, uh, which I Falcons. like. I like yeah, what no, your that, argument is because I love succeed, success oh, in the Atlanta Falcons. Oh, Husey, Husey uh, hit us with your well, I, want, I don't know uh, actually prediction. how, Oh, sorry, I think cold this one is, but this is sort of more in that biggest headline of the year is that all four AFC West teams make the playoffs. AFC West is by far 100 leaps and bounds the toughest division. You've got four quarterbacks who could all very much win MVP this year. You've got Patrick Mahomes, Derek Carr, who's been very underrated his entire career, especially like who's mm. a fan whose team plays him twice a year. Derek Carr always finds a way to beat the Chiefs. You've got Russ in a new environment who can succeed. And then... You know, Justin Herbert, um, I just, I cannot believe that he, you know, he gets drafted by the Chargers. Yeah, he's just... Connor Light. I, I just can't believe that, we've, that the Chargers have gone from <laughs> Philip Rivers and then transitioned straight away to Justin Herbert. Like, two quarterbacks who are so, so exceptional and, you know, potential future... Philip Rivers a Hall of Fame, but Justin Herbert's on the way, Hall of Fame arc of a career. My only thing that might sort of not go this way is I'm not a the biggest fan of um, the Chargers head coach um, Brandon is it Brandon Staley I can't, I should know uh, Brandon Staley he just make, he make, he doesn't make the wisest decisions yeah, like Staley. I banged on about yes. and people bash me in in our fantasy chat like what are you talking about I don't discredit <laughs> Justin Herbert or anyone else but I think a lot of the coaching decisions going from the fourth down the Chargers would have been a 13 or 14 win team last year if they went with the so-called analytics and not with um, what uh, Brandon Staley had decided. Like they lost to the Broncos going like they lost to the Broncos quite convincingly because they kept on going for it on a fourth down inside their own 30, which was just 
head scratching. But anyway, I, I digress. I'll go on a rant if I keep talking about the AFC West a little bit more. Um, but all four of teams with the new wildcard system, I see all teams having above 11 wins this year. And so the tough competitive AFC, that means some of the other top competitors, maybe like the Ravens, uh, maybe yeah. like the Patriots, the Dolphins, um, they'll sort of, and the Titans as well, um, they'll all sort of have less wins just because of how many wins the AFC West will have. And I think that will stack in their favor in terms of the, all four of them getting in. I actually don't have the Chiefs winning the division. I have the Broncos winning the division as well. Um, and then um, I think, yeah, all four teams play in the playoffs. And that's my biggest headline for the year is because it'll be the first time ever that, have, that has ever happened. The only nice. counter to that that I'll say is that because they are all in the same yeah. division, that limits how many wins they can all have, if that makes sense. So whilst so I, I whilst all four teams might be good enough to make the playoffs, the fact that teams like uh like the AFC North, you've got the Ravens and the Bengals, right? Who I think uh the the, top, the obviously the top two in that division this year to make the playoffs, right? Because they'll have slightly easier schedules than all four AFC West teams, they might get a few more wins stacked on there because they're not having to play other AFC West teams. Same in the AFC East, you know, the Bills or the Patriots, uh, sorry, the Patriots or the Dolphins is the number two team in that division. I think the Bills will win that division. But those two teams also get to play the Jets twice a year. Uh, and there might be some more free wins picked up here and there from those teams outside of the AFC West just because they don't have to play the AFC West. So the only flaw in your logic is yeah. that because those teams are so good, it limits how many wins each of them can get kind of thing. And that might cost them when it comes to wildcards, but because other teams have got an easier schedule. So that's the only flaw I can see in it. Basically, for your prediction to be true, every AFC West team would need to go one and one against each other and then beat out everyone else and go sort of yeah. undefeated the, the rest of the way. That's sort of, and maybe drop yeah, one no, or that's two how, that's how I see it. Yeah. just because other teams will have an easier schedule. C- congratulations. Yes. Congratulations, Susie. Yeah. Both of exactly. you, you've both made points to make each other have bold predictions because, yes, yeah. that would that is the reason it is a bold prediction because synergy, of exactly synergy, what... You know? Uh, uh, Hughes yeah. said so yeah I mean exactly we're just I'm gonna get, synergy we're just helping each other out I'm going to get one of mine out um, I haven't put it in the spreadsheet because uh, in the in the run sheet because it came in late it's too bold and well it is it's very bold <laughs> and it also counteracts one of my other arguments so I kind of wanted to leave it out until there because I we're actually think and I'm, hurt, I'm hurting in my, I'm hurting myself Ooh. it's it's. I think Brees Hall is going to lead the league in rushing uh, wow. From the Jets, the running back. Now, if he does that, chances are, man, one's rookie of the year. So, if I had this one properly yeah. pre-hand, I probably would have doubled up on those and gone, yeah, I'm all in on Bruce Hall. Now, the reason I just say this is, I think he's an exceptional talent. Uh, I think what is it? The the last four or five lead leaguers and rushers were under 26, so it takes out a lot of the good rushers: Dalvin Cook, Derek Henry, Christian uh, McCaffrey. JT's obviously the big one, which is still the the one to win it, making this the bold prediction. See, I'll do it myself, guys. You don't have to come in here, obviously. He's paying $51. It's a rookie. I just think if the Jets are going to be shit, we know that. Probably passing shit, yes. I think their defense keeps them in enough games close so that they keep running the ball. I think he breaks off a couple of big runs throughout the season. I think he has a big workload. Uh, I think they run him into the ground this year to see what they can get out of him. I think that's my bold prediction. He 
uh, leads the league in rushing, um, which I was high on already, and now he's fifty one dollars. I'm yeah. even higher on. I'll make it slightly less bold for you in that uh, the Steelers couldn't pass the ball more than ten yards down the field last year. Najee <laughs> Harris still was, I think, second in the league in rushing because they just purely handed him the ball so many times, over 300 touches of the ball. So I, I don't think it's any secret that the Jets are going to be handing off the ball um, to, to Brees Hall. Um, but but what I will give you for boldness is that you said he will lead the league, not just lead the, the Jets, but he will lead the league in, in rush yards when he's got all those other yeah, no, running backs to compete against. So I will give you marks for, for boldness there. I know how to make bold predictions. Don't you worry about that. Uh, they're not always right. Uh, actually, a lot of the time, they're never right. But it's hey, right. Uh, <laughs> let's finish off uh, the old potty with some fantasy Ooh. best and worst from our fantasy man, Con. Yep. Uh, take us through some busts, you think, in fantasy. Give me a little bit of insight I, into I who I shouldn't be drafting when I come around I uh, to our fantasy year, draft. Um, with my draft logic. Uh, uh, oh. with, my, with my draft logic, and I've consistently come go. second in the <laughs> why you're on league, the and I've finally got a um, But, so, when I talk about bus, when I think of fantasy bus, I think of the draft position that you pick them in. I think, you know, where you could find the most value out of a player, depending on where that you're situated in the draft. So, um, when I think of bus, most people think in, like, the first two rounds, I think you're yeah, your thinking's right, but then there's also those later, some of those later picks as well. So, so a bust that I think, or a person to avoid in the, that first round is Aaron Jones. The Packers have outright and said it's going to be a split backfield. Most people have Aaron Jones sitting at ninth and tenth if you're playing in a 12-man league, sort of in that in that zone or in the second, like sort of the early second round. I think Aaron Jones is one to steer away from. I think he's going to have a productive year, but not as big because you know he's splitting with AJ Dillon. Even though is there is less trust with the wide receivers. The running back load is going to be massive, so that everyone else is going to know. Okay, it's Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, and I've mentioned Amari Rogers as well. They've already said they're going to add him to a Debo Samuel role this year, and have him playing with that third running back, and that's in that split backfield. So I think Aaron Jones is one to just be cautious about. Don't avoid him. I think if he falls to you, pick him up because he's going to give you, uh, you know, a solid ten to fifteen points, and then he'll always pop off for at least three touchdowns a year. He's done it every every year in his career. He's always had a three uh, three touchdown game. Um, so sticking with the running back theme, another one, I don't know if any of you want to jump in, but um, th- my next one, I think someone, everyone has a little bit of caution with is Leonard Fournette. Um, he has put on weight this off season. He hasn't dropped it in training. Big Lenny, big leg Lenny. And he's, 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 <laughs> put, on the, he's put on the weight. <laughs> I don't know that's a good or a bad thing, but I think uh, Zamir White, I think is his name, the running back that they drafted. Um, he sort of fits that Ronald Jones, um, that Ronald Jones role. And he um, will compliment Leonard Fournette really nicely. But I think Leonard Fournette is, he's getting past that 26, 27 year old threshold. I think he is. And since with putting the weight on, I think he will take a step back this year. I still think as well, you know, he's going to have a decent year. He's always a surprising one. Um, I remember when he was a rookie, I drafted him with like the first overall pick and then he played really, really well. But I think he's getting past that sort of that threshold. Um, just because of also the weight concerns as well. Speaking of Packers running backs, Eddie Lacy, I don't know if he's getting to that stage just yet, but um, we could see that um, that balloon out very quickly as we saw with Eddie Lacy. Um, then and so I keep sticking with running backs. Running backs are the, always the biggest boom or bust sort of picks because that's where people sit, uh, tend to draft them is in those first two to th- uh, first rounds one through three. Um, is the Miami running backs who's leading who's leading the backfield? I know Sonny Michelle just got cut. But, you know, you've got Chase Edmonds and you've got Raheem Mostert. Then you've got Lynn Bowden. 
and then um, not Lin Bowden. Lin Bowden got cut as well. Um, Salvan Ahmed and I can't remember who the other one was. Um, but yeah, those mainly those three running backs are going to be the sort of the main ones that you that you look at and who you're going to draft. Who's going to be that lead that lead horse and who, who knows like Miami's and they're also going to use their wide receivers at running back. So the running back position of Miami, I think is very, very much, uh, it's very murky at the moment. I wouldn't touch any of the Miami running backs, um, at least until the later, um, later rounds, just because of the, um, just because of, you know, you don't know who's going to win that job. And then my last sort of person who to avoid, who I, I was in my other league and I was shocked to see this person, uh, and in the mocks be drafted in the first and second rounds. It's CD lamb. He's now taken over that number one position in Dallas. Michael Gallup's still on physically unable to perform. He's coming off an ACL injury, I believe, or an Achilles injury. I can't remember which one it was. But CeeDee Lamb taking over that number one role, can he do it? They had Amari Cooper there to you know, alleviate the pressure. But with Amari gone, and when Amari was injured, you sort of started to see that CeeDee Lamb's, Lamb's production fell off quite drastically. And I think, you know, that pattern's going to hold true this year. I know he's in a weak division, but in those divisions, they do have solid cornerbacks. You've got Kendall Fuller at Washington who will follow him. You've got um, Trayvon Diggs who, you know, boom or bust sort of... I'm sorry, not Trayvon Diggs. Um, who's the... Uh, Xavier Xavier McKinney um, in um, New York is also a very solid safety corner hybrid who can, uh, who'll help out a lot in that defense. And then in the Eagles, you've obviously got big play Slay. Like, he's going to cover him. Like, um, he's just going to cover him so well he's one of the best um cornerbacks in the league and he will just smother him so i think seed lamb's one to sort of um avoid a little bit um in terms of the first two rounds hopefully he falls to you but i think be very cautious with picking cd lamb if you're um if you're a fantasy owner um and then sleepers we took i think my brother talked about marquise brown kicking up a fuss during the off season i think Sleepers people that you draft sort of later in the re- like later in your draft people that might fall to you. You think, okay, do I take a flyer on this person? The, so the sleeper, um, the, my f- number one sleeper, I think this year is actually Marquise Brown, just because you know quietly had a one thousand yard season in Baltimore despite kicking up a fuss the entire time. He has the tools if he works on the drops and he's worked on his hands this off season. I can see him having thirteen hundred yards when DeAndre Hopkins is back. You know it, that's going to take a lot of pressure off him. Um, as that number one target straight away. And, you know, AJ Green is still there as well. Always will put up and take a like, cover, at least a decent cornerback or a safety. Um, and then you've got Rondell Moore in the slot or playing that sort of like hybrid back position. Marquise Brown has a lot of potential to then take the top off the defense. And, you know, how they run the screen game in mm-hmm. um, Arizona could really produce his numbers, especially if you're playing in a PPR league. Um, so Marquise Brown is my number one sleeper for this year, just in the later rounds. And number two was my uh, rookie of the year pick is Damian Pierce. Um, I, in my other league, I won't, I'll say I do have him. I won't tell you which round I got him in, but he did fall quite drastically in my draft. A lot of people underrated him and I'm very glad that I do have him um, just because of, you know, the potential that he has in that, in that system. Uh, I've already spoken about him. My number three pick, this I think will shock a lot of people, is the seventh round pick of the Kansas City Chiefs is Isaiah Pacheco. He had a, quietly had a very good preseason, and he's taken that number two uh, back position. They had Ronald, Ronald Jones was on the roster bubble until the last preseason game. He almost got cut. So now the backfield is split between uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Isaiah Pacheco 
mainly. Those will be those your one and two running backs in Kansas City. And we know how Kansas City likes to use the screen game and likes to use their running backs in the passing game. So get And we saw Jarek McKinnon when Clyde Edwards-Hilaire was injured in the latter half of the year, how um, Jarek McKinnon took off and really solidified that role in that passing game. And Isaiah Pacheco really adds that um, element as well. Um, so that's one that you can look towards in the back later, two, like two to three rounds. Um, he's one that you can, you know, handcuff Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. Um, my fourth one, we spoke about Russ and all the weapons he has. This is one of his best weapons, I think, and um, really uh, could be one of the top five tight ends this year is Albert O. I don't want to pronounce his last name because I will absolutely butcher it, but Albert O, the, the Denver Broncos, uh, one of the other guys in our league, Jason, is a Broncos <laughs> fan, and when they drafted him, I literally said to him, I said, no, a fan is done. This guy is going to be the real deal. He can do everything that you want. Um, Albert O will be one of the better tight ends. And I think this year he's going to really showcase it, um, especially he actually has a quarterback now. He has Russ to throw him the ball. And Russ loves his tight ends. He's had Jimmy Graham. He had Will Disley. And now he's got um, he's got Albert O to sort of help him out there. I think, yeah, he's going to be one of the better tight ends this year. So look out for him. Um, look out for him this year. Um, I've added these last two ones pretty, uh, pretty late. I haven't... Um, Khalil Shakir of the Buffalo Bills. We know... Stefan Diggs is number one. We know Gabe Davis is number two, but who's the number three target there? I know Dawson Knox is there, but he's he's going to get sort of covered this year. But Khalil Shakir has has such massive uh, such massive upside from college. I think he can really solidify that number three position. Like Gabriel Davis came out of nowhere last year, um, especially in that uh, championship uh, so that divisional game against the Chiefs. But Khalil Shakir, I think, will surprise a lot of people this year. He might be available after the draft, and I think if you're not happy with one of your picks, you can always pick him up because he's hasn't been picked up in my league at the moment. I'm pretty um, thin on wide receiver, so he might be one that I pick up just to take a flyer on. Just like with Elijah Moore and Armon Ross St. Brown, they weren't really drafted in leagues last year, but you sort of started to see them progress towards the end of the year, and I think he's a, one very much like that. Um, and then my final sleeper for this year is Kirk Cousins. Um, if I get his stats up real quick, he quietly had the second best quarterback rating year last year. Uh, just very good year behind Aaron Rodgers. He had 4,200 yards, 33 touchdowns and seven interceptions. You, you compare that to someone like, you know, if you did like, you know, silhouettes of things and put people sat side by sides, him versus Patrick Mahomes. A lot of people would actually would have picked Kirk Cousins stats because it was, you know, less turnover heavy and he had decent yardage and a very good passer rating as well. I believe he has maybe the highest passer rating in NFL history, or at least in the top 10. He's got a very, very high passer rating. Because then you compare to Patrick Mahomes' 4,800 yards, 37 touchdowns, 13 picks. A lot of people actually take would rather the safety of Kirk Cousins. And he quietly has two of the, maybe one of the top wide receiver duos in Justin Jefferson and Adam Thielen. I know that's not that quiet, but a lot of people think Adam Thielen's getting old, you know, um, older. Um, and then you've mm. got Justin Jefferson, who's the clear number one. But Kirk Cousins um, can put you up 20 points a week as at the quarterback position. He's, he's no joke. He doesn't turn over the ball. He gets a lot of passes. He doesn't get sacked. He doesn't fumble it. Um, I think he's a very safe quarterback two option or quarterback one if you've gone heavy with wide receivers and running backs. Yeah, I will say no, he was a, on a, my he's a, sort of he's a very good, list for, uh, very for good quarterback as well. Excellent, look at you. Awesome. 
Absolutely awesome. So yeah, I mean, we will keep you keep you up to date with our, Sunday. our it keeps it keeps draft it keeps and how we go. Tomorrow, Are tomorrow we night, Sunday? Tomorrow night, kicking um, off? Is it Sunday? Yeah, no, it's it's going to be it's keeps be changing. Pretty bonkers, um, tomorrow night, pretty good, pretty good league. Yeah. Pretty good league um, so um, people people do their yeah, research, that's right. which is nice. As opposed to my other league, which was just uh, yeah, some mates. Um, yeah, it's just shocking. Just shocking their draft. No, no idea. But it's okay. It means I'm going to win again. But that's okay. No idea. <laughs> um, yeah. So we'll keep it up to date. The uh, plan from here is Husey will be giving us uh, weekly updates on the games, on the situation, players playing well, not playing well. Uh, Con will be keeping you up to date uh, per week on the fantasy. Uh, and we'll probably be doing these over fortnightly or monthly where we do a big roundup, look into how our predictions are going, um, look into the major storylines of the past month, uh, who's hot, who's not, uh, all of that stuff. So keep up to date with that American Football Podcast and us at the Sports Booth. But for now, thank you for joining us. We will see you again when we see you. Goodbye. Peace.